Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Odds On Podcast, your home of football and sports betting. My name's Dan Tracy and for the next 45 minutes I'm joined by two top guests as we dissect all the numbers, look for the value and find those long shots before this weekend's football action. As I say, it's not just me on the show today, so before we start waxing lyrical about wagers, let's get the introductions out of the way. First up, I'm joined by Craig Jones. Craig, it's a pleasure to have you on the show once again. How have you been these past few days? Um, absolutely gutted. Absolutely gutted. So uh, we'll get into it later, but yeah, it's uh, it's such a disappointing end to the tournament for me from from sort of an England point of view. I just need a day yourself, I think, to to pick myself back up and get excited for these two semi-finals that are coming, which will both be good games. But uh, at the minute, yeah, still feeling a bit gutted. Well, hopefully this episode will at least sort of bring the optimism back in terms of the World Cup. But I know exactly what you mean, Craig. It's kind of still wounding 48 hours later. But, Jamie, you're up last, but certainly not least. Now, obviously, you were backing France to win. Surely that kind of theme has now dissipated. Surely you're kind of thinking, oh, I'm just as gutted as Craig. Yeah, no, of course, I, I am, of course, gutted about the, this result. Um, you know, I was desperate for England to win this one. I felt as though if we got, got through this game, you know, then you've got an unbelievable chance of going on to win the whole thing. But uh, unfortunately, we played, in my opinion, the best team in the tournament still. I think France, they just looked really good on the night. Although, yes, I think they looked like they, they kind of, England were really in the game. I think France just kind of had that experience and they just had that confidence of being able to kind of really control the game. So, yeah, it was such a shame kind of the way it happened as well. I think, you know, for Harry Kane to have missed that penalty, which I'm sure we'll discuss in a bit more detail, you know, that that was just really painful. We had that opportunity. And um, yeah, again, you know, I'm all too used to this feeling, obviously being a Spurs fan as well. So yeah, again, I have to ask the question, what did I do to deserve to be an England and Spurs fan? That's fair if each session will come on some other time because we need to crack on with this episode. And of course, wherever you bet, check first with freebets.com, your best place for offers, tips and insights. And from a social media point of view, if you're placing any bets this week, let us know via the Odds On podcast hashtag. And who knows, we may be discussing your winners on next week's show. OK, where should we start first? Well, let's have a quick look back on Saturday's biggest clash. Craig, does the defeat still hurt nearly 48 hours later? Reasons to be cheerful in defeat or massive missed opportunity overall? No, mate, it's still hurting. It's still really, really hurting. Um, massive opportunity miss for me. Uh, when you you sort of up against a side of, of the quality that France have got, you do need to take your chances. And, and ultimately, um, who if you've got someone in the box on the end of a cross getting a free header, you would ask for no one else other than Harry Maguire to be on there. If you've got a penalty and you can choose any player in the world to step up and take it, I don't think there's many you put in front of Harry Kane. Um, he just sort of... Things were very, very close to being right. In many ways, I would have much preferred sort of France to just completely play us off the park and we'd just gone down to the better team. But I genuinely believe we're an extra sort of 5% or so. Uh, we, we, we could have been the better team. In between two France's goals, we were absolutely brilliant and we dominated the game. We had chances and ultimately we, uh, we didn't put them away. And France, you know, Olivier Giroud, fair play to him. He had that chance and he, he tucked it in the back of the net. And... Um, we were all left feeling quite deflated, sat, sat around watching it. But um, yeah, it's just, it's just more of the missed opportunity side of it for me again. You know, this England team is very bright and very young and there's a lot to look forward to. But by the time we get to the next World Cup, there is going to be gaps in this team. And you, you do start to think about who's going to emerge and, and take those gaps. There's obviously questions over Gareth Southgate, which I'm sure we'll get into in a bit. And 
yeah, it just seems like everything were there for the taking. And uh, unfortunately, we we the width of a post or whatever for that header, and maybe a foot over the bar for the penalty. And that's the difference between us sat absolutely bouncing off the walls this morning while we're doing this podcast and uh, us sounding like we are at the minute, I'm afraid. <laughs> now, Jamie, I'm going to have to ask you about Harry Kane. Of course, he scored one penalty. You would have bet the house on the second being scored. Do you think the additional factor of having to take two penalties against a club teammate would have been a key component in this miss? Yeah, I, I mean, look, there were so many factors to this penalty, wasn't there? Of course, there was the VAR wait. I think having to kind of wait to take a second penalty as well is, you know, that's always very difficult. You know, you're waiting all that time. You've already taken one penalty. It already went very well. You're then facing a guy who you know so well in Hugo Lloris. Um, so I think, and, and then of course, you've then got this massive thing where you can equalise in the quarterfinals of a World Cup to become your country's all-time top goal scorer. So, you know, just combine all those factors and it was just such a, a high-pressure penalty. Um, and it's, you know, it's just gutted. I mean, especially for me, you know, being a guy who are always championing Harry Kane, a guy who always very passionately defend, it was it was really painful to see him miss that. And um, I do feel, I do really feel sorry for him. I think, you know, any of us kind of watching that penalty would just, it was just excruciating to kind of have that weight. So, you know, it's, to be honest, it's kind of is slightly forgivable with Harry Kane for missing that. It was just such a horrible kind of situation for him. I, I, I totally think it was right for him to take that penalty. I think he is one of the best penalty takers in the world. He's a guy who constantly practices and, you know, he would have been totally ready for that. So I, I really don't have any regrets. I think it's just hindsight in kind of saying that others should have taken that penalty. But yeah, it was just a gutting way to go out. I think to have had that, as I mentioned, to have that opportunity to have equalised in, in, you know, with 10 minutes or so to go, it, that, that kind of, for me, really killed it. Do you know what? It was, it was a weird one because I think if that penalty hadn't have been there, I really could have just accepted that defeat. I said I did feel like England were in that match. But for me, it did feel like maybe a team with two different mentalities. Um, and I think that that was maybe the difference. I think France, they looked as though they were there to win and they knew that they were going to win that match. I think England, there wasn't really that ever that sense of belief that we could go and win that. And I think there was times when we gave France too much respect. So I think the mentality was was maybe a bit of an issue there. And, and, and that's kind of why France wanted them to win that game. And as well, it was it was all about being perfect. I mentioned in the previous episode, I think that was a game England would maybe win two out of ten times. And, and it showed why, because we had to be perfect in that game. I think Chiuameni's goal was, was almost unforgivable to be given a player like that, kind of that space so early on in the game. And then obviously that, that was really disappointing. I think Giroud's goal as well was disappointing. You know, you've got Harry Maguire and, and John Stones being out, out let by, by Giroud. So that was disappointing. So... Yeah, it was. It needed to be the perfect performance from England. I think it was close to being that, but again, you know, when you're facing those top teams and you lo allow these these two small mistakes, then you're going to be punished. And uh, unfortunately, England were. And uh, yeah, we're out. And uh, as I said, it's in really, really horrible circumstances given that penalty miss. Now, Craig, there's already talk over Gareth Southgate and whether he will stay on for Euro 2024. He's under contract anyway, but do you reckon he stays for a tournament that is only 18 months away? Yeah. I think he does, and, and I hope he does as well. Uh, he's sort of very English of us to quickly be discussing the future of Gareth Southgate after we've, we've you know, performed well at a World Cup. We've, we've not gone as far as we'd have hoped, but I think if you sort of separate the results away and, and show the performances, one of the things that sort of Gareth Southgate was criticised for going into the tournament was his, his defensive approach. And we have seen defensive football, but 
not once have we seen England go to the really ultra defensive back five that, that many people complain about. You know, we, we played France and, and stuck to our guns and kept three in the middle of the park and, and went with Kyle Walker hit, like by himself to to try and mark Killing Mbappe, which he did for most of the game, to be fair to, to Kyle Walker. Um, so I, I think Gareth Southgate has shown that he has sort of taken the shackles off a little, maybe learning from what happened last time um, when, when he was accused of doing that, sort of in the Euros. Um, for me, I, I do think he will stay and I do want him to stay. And one of the things that I would add to this is that when you look at the Euros, Probably France, aside from uh, from the, the other big nations, have all got questions to answer. You know, where did Germany go next based on what they did at the World Cup? What does Spain do next based on the fact that they can pass a ball, but can they score a goal? And, and, and the answer is no. Ronaldo's effect on Portugal isn't as great as what it should be, and especially because he's been as a sub. But the fact is that when they next go to the Euros, they'll be going there without Ronaldo. And just that personality being removed from that team is going to have some kind of impact. Um Italy won the Euros and then didn't qualify for the World Cups. So they've got questions to answer. And it just strikes me as that there's a lot of teams around Europe got questions to answer and things to think about. And from our point of view, are we better just sticking with what we've got? Because we've, we've no questions. We, we can start planning for the Euros now. We can look at the sort of the, the games that are coming up and the friendlies and whatever and start planning around a team that's got that. Whereas other teams will be looking for new managers. They'll be looking to try different things and blood new players in and whatever. And we, if we don't go down the route to sort of getting rid of Gareth Southgate, we can give ourselves the freedom of not having that whatsoever, as well as obviously, you know, the, the sort of the, the main three, what you would expect to be by then, Saka, Foden, Bellingham, all being two years older and two years more experienced, which is something that should get any England fan excited. So, so I, I hope he stays and I think he will stay. And I think based around... What other European nations are doing, it's a positive for England to just stay as we are and not have the worry or the, the headache of finding new players, new managers that, that some some other nations are going to have. Well, Jamie, in terms of Euro 2024, the future is still bright for the three Lions, as Craig says. Could you see almost the same starting eleven go and finally break England's unwanted international drought in Germany? Or are there going to be some players that are going to call time? I don't know, maybe Jordan Henderson, has he got another tournament? Kieran Trippier, for example. What do you see as the main makeup of England in Euro 2024? Yeah, I mean, I think the the exciting thing about this England team, it is still a very young team. And I think we will pretty much see a very similar team. As as you said, I think, you know, there will be maybe a few that might drop out. You know, the central defenders, of course, Maguire and and, and John Stones. Maybe, you know, some younger guys might come in. I think Mark Gaze, a guy who looks really good. Vikayo Tomori, obviously doing very well. So, you know, that could be where some of the changes come. But look, I, I think pretty much we'll, we'll see the same nucleus, um, you know, of, of that team. Um, you know, even Harry Kane, I think he'll be, you know, 31. Obviously, lots of people kind of questioning whether he should still be in the team. But look, I, I think, um, yes, I, I still think he is one of the best strikers in the world. I still think he'll be there and, and, and really at top level in two years time. So, I think you're right. We will see pretty much the same team. And I think there was a big, you know, we were missing some some players at, at this this tournament as well. I think Reese James was a really big miss. I think for me, one of the best right backs in the world at the moment. I think he was definitely a big miss. Of course, Ben Chilwell, another player who was missing. And, um, you know, I'm sure there'll be some more young players that will kind of uh, come along as well by, by this tournament. I think, you know, Jude Bellingham, wasn't it the Euros um, previously? And now he's become one of England's most top players. So, it kind of shows that maybe some young players might emerge. So I, I think there's certainly, you know, genuinely reason to be excited. And Craig mentioned there, there's lots of teams around Europe that kind of, 
in a you know in in a difficult state at the moment. So there isn't a great opportunity there for England. It's just about kind of that mentality and really whether the team believes in those key moments that they can win. I just feel as though you know that Italy game in the final that really was a game there for for the taking for England. Um, I think it was just kind of changes at half time that that really swung the game and and maybe that belief kind of crept away at moments. Um, I think the same against France. I think there was times where maybe we sat off and gave France too much respect. So yeah, it's always, it's just about that mentality and, and kind of, can we get that right and can we genuinely believe that we can get it right in those big moments? So um, it's going to be interesting. But look, I'm, I'm I'm definitely excited for the next tournament because I, I think they did very well. It's just whether they can get that belief right, and uh, I really really hope they can. Right, let's leave the England chat behind now as we're going to focus on some World Cup outright markets. First up, we go to the Golden Boot. Now, Craig, Kylian Mbappe was quiet on Saturday, but is leading the charts with five goals at the moment. Would you back him to win the award at one to two or has the value gone? I think it has, yeah. It's a, it's a three-horse race, this seemingly. seemingly and um, I think the majority of people would say that these three players will all reach the final. But of course, everybody will play two games from here on in just because of the third place playoff game. Um, Mbappe, Lionel Messi and uh, Olivier Giroud are the three players that are in it. There's only one goal between them. The other two have got four behind Mbappe. And one of the things that I would say and sort of swaying, it's not a market I want to massively get involved in. But if you, if I am, then it's got to be, it's got to be messy for me. So the first thing is, if either of these two teams fail to qualify for the final, I personally think Argentina will give Messi his World Cup send off and farewell and, and play him in the full 90 minutes of the third place game. Whereas I'm not sure that would happen with Mbappe. He might well be rested and just, just allowed to not play in that game. So I think Messi's the one who's more likely going to play more minutes over the next sort of few days. And then I think, sort of given how defensively solid Morocco are, I think of the three of them, I think Messi will get more chances in the semi-final and more chances to score a goal. So purely for that reason, it would be my pick. I think one to two's Really poor value on Mbappe. That's the sort of price I would expect if he was a couple of goals clear. Uh, there's also the factor with with France, whereas like can Giroud maybe nick a goal from him because there's both of them trying to score. Uh, if you look at Argentina, I, I don't think Alvarez has got the same ability to do that, and uh, Martinez has been really poor as well. So I don't think there's anyone who can maybe specifically steal goal from Messi if that makes sense. But yeah, sort of all of that combined together just sort of leads me to believe that I think there's a far more value in Messi than, than sort of taking Mbappe in this market at one to two, which I think is far too short. Well, Jamie, Craig has just mentioned the realistic rival to Mbappe, that being Lionel Messi at odds of 11 to four. As Craig also mentions, one goal behind. Do you reckon he can make that late charge to the top or is the value actually lying with Olivier Giroud at odds of six to one? Yeah, I mean, look, this is an interesting one, actually. I think if you look at those two players, you mentioned Mbappe and Messi. I think those are two players where maybe um, teams are kind of looking at them and putting plans in place to really stop them. I think we've seen Mbappe, you know, he's gone two games without a goal now. Um, Messi as well. I, I think, you know, clearly a guy who's so important for Argentina. Um, we've seen how good he was. That pass, you know, in, in the quarters was unbelievable uh, for Molina's goal. So I think teams are going to be wanting to try and stop these two players. So, you know, if they are, and that might kind of leave gaps for other players. And I think Giroud is just, I think he's a really good shout here. You know, we saw him obviously get that goal against England. 
You know, he's a guy who's such a prolific goal scorer. He's got all those chances in around him. It, it's going to be interesting, though, because obviously both teams, you know, France and Argentina, I think they're facing teams that are difficult to break down. Morocco have just been unbelievable defensively this tournament, you know, conceded just one goal still, which is amazing. And that was an own goal as well. And, and Croatia as well, in their own right, have been fantastic defensively. So I'm not expecting too many goals in these semi-finals, but um, I think maybe given the fact Mbappe and Messi are kind of those two leading lights in their teams, I think that Croatia and uh, Morocco will have plans in place to maybe stop them. So it might be worth looking elsewhere. And, and for me, given how good Giroud has been recently in terms of scoring goals, I think that he might be the shout. And at six to one, I think that, that that's a fairly decent price. Now, if we look at the golden ball, Craig, it's the same two players who are currently top of the odds. You've got Mbappe at 11 to 10. You've got Messi at 5 to 4. Do you think the winner comes from either of these two? I think the winner sort of depends on who wins the tournament, really. Yeah. It's not nailed on, obviously, that, that whoever wins the tournament gets this. But the way that I see it is if Argentina win this tournament, then I think it's fairly certain that the award's given to Messi just because of the story around him. He's finally got his hands on a World Cup at his last opportunity to do it. And I just think that entire story is is too much for um, sort of FIFA to uh, to not give him this award. I think if France were to win the World Cup, it's not guaranteed that Mbappe gets this award. Um, and, and especially more so if he doesn't win the Golden Boot. You know, if France win the World Cup and Mbappe wins the Golden Boot, then I think this is his. But as we've just spoke about, you know, me, me and Jamie's just sort of put up two alternatives to Mbappe winning the Golden Boot but for different reasons. And I think there's this sort of reasoning behind that that's, that's very fair and, and could see him miss out on that. Um, for me, it'll just go to sort of a, a player from the winner. It doesn't always, but, but but it will do. And and I just think in terms of that, if you think Argentina's the one, then, then Messi's the one. Um, if you think France are going to win the tournament, then it gets a bit complicated. But he's it, one for sort of to leave alone because I think the odds of winning the tournament are better than these two getting it. So, like, from the Argentina point of view, which is what I'm looking at, I'd rather just back Argentina to win it than Messi to win this award. But if Argentina win it, then I do think Messi is absolutely nailed on just because of the story and the history around his play and the fact it's his last World Cup. Now, Jamie, if someone else is to snare the player of the tournament award, how does any of Luka Modric, Antoine Griezmann, even Sofian Amrabat sound at 20-1? to 1? Yeah, do you know what? Actually, one of those guys is, is my pick and uh, I, I strongly believe it will be Antoine Griezmann. Um, Craig mentioned it's going to come from a team who, who probably will go on to win the tournament. Um, and for me, I do think France are that standout team. Um, you know, I mentioned him in our, our previous show for the quarterfinals as kind of the, the, the guy to look out for for France. Um, you know, he's been excellent at this tournament and possibly France's most influential player. You know, he's really been kind of pulling the strings for them. You know, he's created six big chances at the tournament. He's averaging 3.4 key passes per game. He's got three assists in total as well. Obviously, maybe not getting the goals at the moment. But um, I mentioned, you know, uh, with with maybe Morocco putting plans in place to, to kind of stop Mbappe, it gives other players opportunities. So Griezmann might have his opportunity to finally get on the score sheet. But I just said, he's just been so influential for them. And I, I think that might get recognised if they do go on to win the tournament, which I believe they will. So I think at 20 to 1, I think that's that's quite a nice price, in my opinion, just because I think Griezmann has been so influential, as I mentioned. And I do think France will go on to win the, the tournament. And and I think the the winner of, of this prize will, will come from that. So, um, yeah, I, I really like the look of Griezmann just because he has, as I said, just been so influential for France. 
Now there's also the small matter of the Golden Glove Award. Croatia's Dominic Livakovic is currently favourite to win the award at odds of 6-4. to four. Is this a bet that you'd be making, Craig? Yeah, so I spoke about this market before the tournament started and it's, it's hard to get the kind of right player and the right balance around this. It, it needs to be a side who go fairly far and they defend well, but also give their goalie the opportunity to, to really shine and show why they deserve this award. And, and I think, yeah, uh, Livakovic is sort of in in the sort of reckoning for those reasons. I think in many ways the, the Croatian path has given him the best opportunity to shine but they've also managed to keep going through, you know, two penalty shootouts where where he's done well and, and he's sort of stood up and stood tall and, and been a good reason as to why the, the team's gone through. Uh, Croatia have not been perfect in front of him and that's also allowed him to to show his play sort of in 90 minutes and, and in extra time before we get to the penalties and whatever. Um, a strong semi-final performance from him, even if that's a losing one, could be enough to get this award. Sort of, I looked at Martinez from Argentina as being the only other option um, really, because I don't think Hugo Lloris has been that good. And I think whenever everyone's talking about Morocco, everybody talks about their defence and how they set up defensively and how the midfield drops in and helps out the defence. So although they've only conceded one goal and that's been a an own goal, nobody's been really throwing the plaudits towards their goal. It's all been about their defensive play. So so I, I sort of ruled him out on, on that respect. And, and you get back round to Croatia and uh, Livakovic really and like I say is the team in front of him have given him the chance to shine in normal play throw in the fact that he's had two penalty shootouts up to now could well have another one of course and uh, I think it's sort of his for the taking really Well Jamie one other thing to consider here is that the winning nation does not usually supply the Golden Glove winner so would this reinforce the reasoning for Livakovic currently being favourite? Yeah, do you know what? Obviously, Craig mentioned it there in terms of maybe it's maybe not the best defence that kind of uh, uh, that, that wins it in terms of they might give the, the keeper more opportunities to make saves. Um, and I think you look at Morocco, I think as a whole and, and you know, a collective as defence, I think they've been excellent. Um, so I think that they did, you know, the whole defence deserves credit for that. But for me, I, th- I think Livakovic has kind of been that standout guy for Croatia in their defence. He's really been sensational in terms of making so many saves. Um, it will be very unlucky for you know if Bono doesn't win the, win this award. Obviously, he's been brilliant, and as I mentioned, you know he's conceded just one goal the whole tournament. So that is obviously amazing achievement. Um, you know, for Livakovic, he's obviously kept two clean sheets at this tournament. He saved four penalty shots across two shootouts. So he's been really impressive. Bono, um, he's kept one more clean sheet um, and and just two penalty saves for him. But look, both have obviously been magnificent. But for me, I think I'd just probably tip Livakovic. Um, as I mentioned, I think that Croatia, maybe their defence isn't quite as good as as, um, as Morocco's has been. So I just think Livakovic, he's, he, you know, he's made some magnificent saves. I think against Brazil, there were so many times when, you know, he was just making some outrageous saves with one-on-ones and stuff. So it's... Very unlucky if Bono wasn't to go and win this. But uh, yeah, as I said, I'd probably just tip Lovakovic here. Right, we're going to go bet building once again. And although England fell short on Saturday, we certainly didn't because our 15-4 winner got over the line. Which means we're now going to combine forces as Argentina take on Croatia. Craig, you're up first. What is the anytime goal scorer that you've got for me? Yeah, I've sat and tried my very, very best to go away from the obvious choice. Uh, but unfortunately, I can't do so. It's It's messy for me. Uh, to score any time at 13-10. to 10. Can't really trust Julian Alvarez too much. And uh, Latoro Martinez has been really poor, in my opinion, so far, which has really only left me messy to look at from the Argentina point of view. And, and it's them who I do think will win the game. 
Uh, he's been absolutely brilliant so far. I think as Argentina have grown into the tournament, he, he's just sort of kept going with them. Um, the, the World Cup that he needs to win and wants to win is, is two games away. And hopefully that can sort of inspire him to reach even greater heights here. And, uh, you know, he's, he's an absolutely wonderful player. I do think Croatia will have a plan for him. But I'm not so sure. You know, he's one of the few players where even if you've got a plan, I think you can sometimes be unstoppable. Uh, so, yeah, apologies for the obvious choice, but um, messy for me at 13 to 10 to score any time. It makes perfect sense to me. But, Jamie, what have you got on that over-under goals? Yeah, look, I said I think we're going to see maybe two low-scoring semi-finals. I think you've got two teams in there who have been fantastic across this tournament defensively, Croatia and Morocco. Um, and then, obviously, for this game, I'm, go- I'm going to go for under 2.5 goals here. I think Croatia, they have been a team who've been very tough to breach this tournament. We mentioned Livakovic, obviously, being an excellent goalkeeper. Um, I, th- I think I did say, obviously, Croatia's defence maybe hasn't been quite as good as, as Morocco's, but I still, still think you've got to give them big credit. I think Gavardiol is obviously a guy who's, who's kind of really put him, really announced himself on that stage. Obviously, a guy who was already very highly rated. Obviously, Chelsea, Spurs and other top clubs kind of chasing him. But that's that's really only going to intensify after this tournament. He's been magnificent. Obviously, their midfield kind of sitting in front of that defence too. You know, you've got the likes of Marcelo Brozovic, who's been excellent. Mateo Kovacic as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I think as well, Argentina, obviously, a, a very good defensive side in their own right. So, I, I do fancy a low-scoring one here. And uh, as I said, I'm going to go for under 2.5 goals. OK, I'm going to go to the cards market in this one. Obviously, we saw, what, 18 cards between Argentina and the Netherlands on Friday. I don't think it's going to be that crazy, but I do believe there's going to be at least a card for either side. I mean, Argentina, no shrieking violets. You've got Croatia. If they're going to stop Lionel Messi, they're probably going to kick him at some point, aren't they? So someone's going to be prepared to take a booking to stop that. Right, just to recap our three picks now. Craig has gone for Lionel Messi to score any time. Jamie's gone for under 2.5 goals. I've gone for both teams to receive a card in the match. That's odds of 11 to 2, which means £10 on the betting slip, £65 in your back pocket if that one gets over the line. I hope we get a second winner in a row. I hope you get a second winner in a row. But let's talk about the match itself now. And Craig, both teams needed penalties to advance on Friday. Is this going to have an effect on the pace of Tuesday's encounter? I, th- I think if it does, then it's only going to benefit Argentina here. Um, I think if we'd sort of had a pound for every time one of us had mentioned Croatia and aging legs over the past few weeks, we'd we'd uh, we'd be quids in for Christmas, wouldn't we? Um, we we all keep talking about it, and they haven't failed so far. But <laughs> I'm going to keep coming back to it. So this is their third game in eight days when when this game gets played, and not just that, but 240 minutes of football they've played because of the extra time in both, which is is sort of an extra hour on top of two games. So we're edging towards the point where they've already played three games in that time period. Uh, will that catch up with them here? You know, we've, we've sort of said that before and, and it hasn't, but I really do think it will. Uh, I'm, I'm more worried about the sort of the time because Croatia have played more, but on top of that, Argentina are a team that's got better with every game as well. Argentina have grown into the tournament and Croatia in my opinion, and they could well prove me wrong again, are a team that look as though they're about to fade in the tournament. Um, so for that reason, if it does come into play, which I think it will slightly, but but I do think it's a benefit to Argentina and Croatia. Their time could be coming to an end, unfortunately, for them. Well, Jamie, much has been made of Croatia's ageing squad, so let's have a pound each there. But that experience is seemingly getting them in rather good stead at the moment because largely unfancy before the tournament begun. Two consecutive semi-final appearances is certainly no fluke, is it? 
Yeah, do you know what? Look, this time I'm I'm, I'm going to kind of back those aging legs. I do think they are going to go on and maybe win this game. I do really fancy them here. Um, look, it's an unbelievable achievement for a kind of a country the size of Croatia. I think you compare them to other nations to, to kind of produce the unbelievable players they have. It's, it's so impressive. You look at kind of the experienced players that they've got, all players that are kind of stepped up on the big stage. I mean, you know, you've got the likes of Ivan Perisic, Luka Modric, uh, Brozovic and, uh, and Mateo Kovacic, obviously, all guys that have played on that big stage, that have played in these big games, they've won titles, you know, guys that have won Champions Leagues, they've won league titles. Um, so they just don't seem to be kind of phased by any real challenge. And, you know, I think it'd be unfair to kind of not mention the other guys as well. They always seem to step up and, um, yeah, they just always kind of look so calm in, in difficult situations. I think to have, you know, have conceded that goal so late on from from Neymar, you know, many teams, you know, their heads would have dropped and, you know, obviously against the Freibets as well. And, and, and it kind of looked like it was game over, but they they were not phased by that. You know, they, they kept going. And um, I think that that's something that, that's so important and they just have that belief. So, yeah. Do you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm backing them to win here. I, I, I think that this could be a game that they are capable of winning. And I really don't think they should be underestimated anymore. So, um, yeah, really, really interested to watch this game. Okay then, Craig. From a betting point of view, how do you see this one panning out? Would a draw odds of nine to four interest you at all, or do you envisage a winner in ninety minutes? Well, to be honest, I'm not really that sure anymore because the last time I went against uh, Jamie, it all ended in disaster for us, didn't it? <laughs> so I, I, I am giving the edge to Argentina here, and I just think that they'll just squeeze it out in the ninety minutes. So, in terms of the ninety minutes market, it's Argentina at five to six, which I would be looking at. I do think he's right. Croatia will be a, a tough nut to crack. Uh, they've actually drawn four of the five games at the World Cup when you look at the 90 minutes that they've played. So while they maybe just quite, you know, lack that real cutting edge to go out and win a game in 90 minutes, you know, they're, they're very tough to beat. Um, their only win came against Canada. So, you know, that's that's not great in my opinion. But, you know, they, they've drawn with very good... See, I mean, the absolutely outstanding, superb Japanese team that's been at this World Cup. Croatia managed to get a 90-minute draw against them. Um, so, yeah, I, I just can't see that continuing here, though. I just think that Argentina will push them and eventually a little bit of quality, hopefully from Messi, will just get them over the line just in the 90 minutes. So, yeah, it'd be Argentina at 5-6 to six that I'd be going with. Well, Jamie, if there was a draw in 90 minutes, extra time and maybe even penalties would be required. With this in mind, how do you like the sound of Croatia to qualify odds of 11-5? to 5? Yeah, do you know what? I'm going to go quite bold here and I'm going to say I've been really disappointed by Argentina. Um, and I think they are a beatable team. Um, I think they have maybe rode their luck a little bit to get to this stage of the competition. Maybe in terms of some of the teams they have faced. So, yeah, I think this could well be the game that, that they come unstuck. I think, um, you know, they're facing now a really very competent team who I think are capable who are of, of punishing mistakes. Um, and I think that that might be the case. I said, you know, Croatia, they just look so solid and kind of composed against this this Brazilian team. And, and they exposed any kind of small weaknesses that they had. Um, I think Craig was, was spot on in his assessment of them. You know, maybe they are missing that, that kind of cutting edge. Um, but they are just so difficult to break down. And um, I think Argentina are going to have some troubles in breaking them down. It's going to maybe take that one moment of magic from Messi. But I said, I, I just feel as though Croatia are going to have a plan in place to kind of really stop him. Look, you can obviously put plans in place to stop Messi and, and that, executing that is obviously a very difficult thing. But I, I, do you know what? I'm going to back them to do so. And um, I think it will be another case where 
Um, you know, as we've seen Croatia kind of go all the way. Um, I don't think it's going to go all the way to penalties, but I do think there will be extra time here. I think it will be it's the same case where, where Croatia kind of look to hold on. Um, and I think they'll do so. So, do you know what? I think extra time extra time will happen. I think Croatia will go through. They're 20 to 1 to win in extra time. And um, yeah, just given how I just don't, have not been convinced by Argentina yet, I think they are facing their first major task here. And uh, I, th- I think they will, will get a bit stuck here. So, yes, I'm going to back Croatia to win an extra time at a massive 20 to 1. It's a bold shout indeed. But, Craig, if you're looking at this from a half time, full time point of view, how do you see things panning out at minute 45 and 90? Yeah, so I think to uh, to kick us all off, we should just go back to the uh, Qatar favourite that we've had for the last sort of couple of weeks, really. And we'll kick off with a draw at half time, which I think it seems as though it should be the cornerstone of many bets at this tournament. It just seems to be continuing to happen time and time again. Um, I, as I've said before, I do think that Argentina will nick this. And um, my confidence is probably half the amount it was now Now I've listened to Jamie. But um, yeah, I think Croatia can hold Argentina at bay for, for a long period in this game. But just not quite enough, in my opinion. Uh, when it gets to the second half, I do think that Argentina will just take it up a gear. And Croatia won't be able to live with them. And, and Argentina will, will nick a goal from somewhere. So, yeah, in terms of this bet, it will be draw at half-time and Argentina at full-time, which I believe is uh, 100 to 30. OK, then, Jamie. Lionel Messi is 13 to 10 to score any time. Would you be backing him to continue his scoring run in Qatar? It's not the biggest price, but you would have thought the bookmakers would have caught it on by now because, to me, it still seems there's some value there. Mm. Yeah, I, I think if you, you kind of fancy that Lionel Messi goal, you fancy Argentina, I can see the value there. But for, in my opinion, just given how I think the game will play out, you know, I wouldn't be entirely convinced um, that there's there's great value in this one. Um, as I said, I just think that Croatia, they are such a difficult team to beat. And that's why I think it's going to be a low scoring game. So I think, you know, even if there was to be an Argentina goal and an Argentina win, I think it's going to be a low-scoring one, and, and that goal could really come from anywhere. I think it could kind of take a moment from Messi to create another chance, like we saw he did um, in, in the quarterfinals. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think if you do fancy an Argentina goal, Messi probably is the pick, and um, I can I can certainly see you know where you're coming from in terms of the value. But, yeah, I, I also think that I've, I've made kind of the case, I think it's, you know, I'm not entirely convinced there will actually be an Argentina goal. So, um Yes, I think if you do like the, the look of a Messi goal, it's, it's fairly good value. But if you're with me and, and, and maybe kind of fancy Croatia to, to kind of be that team to, to kind of really be difficult to break down, then uh, yeah, maybe one it's one to steer clear of. Now, talking of goals, Craig, you can get odds of 6-5 to five for both teams to score in 90 minutes. For this to come good, are we relying on Croatia's attack? And if so, is it actually a good price? You're right in what we're relying on, in, in sort of in my opinion, and... I'm sort of coming down on the side of no with this one, just because, sort of mentioned before, and I'm, Jamie's right, I, I do think that we've sort of both nailed this. It's going to be a low-scoring game, so cue the 4-4 draw or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I'm going to go with no, just because I, I don't really feel that Croatia have got that one person who can stand up and go out and, and win them a semi-final at the World Cup. They, they, they score goals, but there's no one who really sort of stands out um, the amount of recent games that's been played and the minutes might play a part in this and make it a slightly slower game, maybe more patient in the build-up and keeping the ball a little more just because there's, there's a few sort of tired legs on the pitch for both teams, not just not just for Croatia. Um, so, so yeah, I'm sort of going with no here. The, the alternative that I would throw back to you will be an Argentina win with a clean sheet. Um, so it'd be Argentina to win to nil, which is 13-8. to eight. 
And like I said, I just, I just do think that come the second half, they're just going to nick this one. And um, I'm not sure that Croatia have got a player that they can really rely on in that team to get them back into it and score a goal. Now, Jamie, I just mentioned Lionel Messi. He's not been shy when it comes to scoring penalties in Qatar. You can get odds of 9-2 for Argentina to score a regulation time penalty on Tuesday. Is that of any appeal to you? Yeah, well, look, obviously an, an interesting shout. But look, I'm, obviously I've made it very clear. I do think Croatia are going to be the side to come out on top here. Um, so I, I think they're such a composed team as well. So I actually don't think they will give away a penalty. I think, you know, you look at the defence. Gvardia and, and Lovren have kind of formed really solid partnership back there. So I think, you know, they've defended so well. So I kind of don't see them maybe having that lapse of concentration and, and maybe giving away a penalty. And even if they do, they're then going to beat a guy who's who's been fantastic in saving penalties in Lovakovic. And, um, you know, you certainly wouldn't, uh, you know, go against him to kind of save a penalty if Argentina were to win one. But as I said, I just think that Croatia, they're so composed at the back. They've got some good defenders there. Guardiola has been magnificent this tournament. So I don't think they will give away a penalty. I think there are a team that are composed. Um, so, yeah, um, I'm going to go for no for this one. Right, before we move on, I'd like a correct score bet from you both. And if we focus on this Argentina versus Croatia encounter, Craig, you're up first. What have you got for me? Yeah, so tying in everything that I've said over the past five minutes, really. Low scoring. Argentina, that little bit more quality, slightly more cutting edge up front. Uh, Messi to get a goal. So I'm going to go with Argentina to win 1-0, which is available at 5-1. to uh, Yeah, just sort of... I'm hoping that Messi does it, but there's just someone in that Argentina team going to get a goal. I'm not sure that Croatia can uh, can come back from it. I think it'll be really tight. I think Croatia will hold them for a long time. I think it'll be a game that gets decided in the last 15, 20 minutes. But yeah, Argentina 1-0 at 5-1 to one for me. OK, Jamie, I've got a feeling you're going to the other side. What correct score have you got for me? Yeah, I'll probably, probably after everything I've said, I probably should go for a Croatia win. And uh, yeah, that's exactly what I'm going to go for. I think it's going to be a very tight affair, as I said, a low scoring one. And uh, I'm going to go in, in, in absolutely the opposite direction from Craig and I'm going to go for a 1-0 win for Croatia. Uh, you can get that at 11-1. to one. I, I, I do definitely agree this is going to be a game that will be decided later on. As I said, I, I do fancy that it will go... Um, into extra time as well. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go for a low-scoring one. I'm going to go for a, maybe a big upset um, and I'm going to go for Croatia to win 1-0. OK, then I will once again split the difference. I'll get the spinners out of my bum as I'm going to sit on the fence and go for a one-all draw at odds of 6-1. to one. So, obviously, Croatia have gone to penalties in the last two matches. I feel they're going to play not to lose in the first 90 minutes and then just let fate decide what happens in the next 30 or even penalties thereafter. Argentina, they had that little blip in the last 10 minutes against the Netherlands. I feel that's going to kind of weigh on their mind a little bit. I just don't see them breaking down Croatia's defence as much as other teams have done. So I feel that Croatia's rock-solid, robust defence is going to be a big help. And I feel that Croatia have got a goal in them as well. So I feel it's going to be a neatly poised encounter, certainly under 2.5 goals, which is why I've gone for one all after 90 minutes. And after that, who knows? I'm just sitting back and collecting my winnings. And of course, check out freebets.com for all the latest offers and enhanced odds from all the leading bookmakers. Right, let's pop up the other semi-final action now as France take on Morocco. Craig, surely Morocco just have to stick to the same game plan as before and the first ever African side will be in a World Cup final. You know what? It's, it's, it might not be the, uh, the the prettiest football that we watch at the World Cup, but you, you can't help but really love Morocco and, and the way that they sort of throw their heart and soul into everything and the way that they've defended absolutely brilliantly. And it, when we say defended, it, it genuinely is a team effort. It's not just like a couple of centre-halves standing tall and being brilliant. This is a team that 
plays together. They they want to win for each other. They, obviously, they want their own personal accolades, but this is, they're a very tight-knit group. They're tough to break down, sort of just, just constantly on at you. And, and they make life difficult for anyone. And regardless of who comes up against Morocco at whatever stage, now what we've seen from them, you know, that they're a test for absolutely anyone. And, and if England would have got through to this, this is by no means a gimme, this game, for, for France, or it, it wouldn't have been for England. Um, Morocco are a very, very good side and one that have shown time and time again that, you know, you, you sort of think, well, they've got to concede at some time and, and you're sort of waiting for them to concede a goal. But do you know what? They haven't. And other than the own goal that, that, that they've conceded and, and they've, they've been brilliant. And so this is going to be a really, really tough game, I think, for France. And, and you're right, the, the game plan, we know what they're going to do. There's no, going to be no surprise. That, you know, Morocco's not going to come and go all out attack. There's no surprises. And I think it's, it's very simply, they sort of say to France, right, this is what we're doing. We, we're known for it. We've done it with success in the past. Come and beat us. And uh, it's up to France if they do or not. Now, Jamie, at the same time, will France have to be careful not to underestimate the Atlas lines? Because those Atlas lines have already disposed of Spain and Portugal. There's no reason to, to suggest that France won't be next on the list. Yeah, I, I think there's you definitely cannot underestimate this Moroccan side. Of course, they were a team that I really liked the look of at the start of the tournament as well. I kind of I was tipping them to, to finish in the top two with with Croatia in their group, and that, you know they've they've kind of been magnificent this tournament. I said defensively they have been so solid. Again, it's just one goal conceded, which you know I keep saying it. It's just such a crazy stat to think that they've done that, and there just seems to be kind of that belief. Um, Having said all that, I think that this, unfortunately for them, will be a step too far. I think maybe you could argue, you look at that Portuguese side, you look at that Spanish side, there are deficiencies in, in both those teams. And, um, you know, they were able to, Morocco did fantastically well and not taking anything away from what they did, but they were able to kind of um, expose those weaknesses and um, were magnificent defensively. I just feel as though this will be a step too far where they are facing a French team where I just can't kind of pick out any faults. I think we saw defensively, I thought they were excellent against England. Um, they kept a really strong England team at bay and, and, and did so fairly comfortably. Um, so I, I just think that unfortunately, this might, will be the stage that Morocco uh, do get stuck. Um, they are missing players as well now. Obviously, Naya Fagur, uh, West Ham defender, obviously a guy who's missing because of injury. We saw Chidira uh, pick up a late red card as well. So they're going to be without two key defenders there. So, yes, it's, it's a shame because I'd love them to do well. I think they've been magnificent this tournament. I think straight from the off, they really impressed me. Um, but unfortunately, this will be the stage. I do think they'll drop out because I think France, for me, they've been the standout team. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go for France for this one, unfortunately. What a surprise. <laughs> but anyway, let's move on because the betting chat is most important. Craig, Morocco 7-1. to Would you be considering another shock in Qatar? I wonder who Jamie's got on the back of his France shirt. Would he, would he have an ex-Arsenal and Chelsea player on the back of his shirt? Oh, it just makes me wonder. Mate, I've got Laurie, I've got, I've got the goalkeeper kit. I've got Hugo Lloris. Oh, That's who I've got. Of course, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not convinced that Morocco will win this one. I do think they'll do better than, than Jamie sort of just said. And, and I think maybe part of that is down to them wanting to do well. Uh, what I do think is, from a betting point of view, I think the draw's a fair price here. Uh, 11 to 4 it is for a 90-minute draw. And, and that's where I would go. When we get into extra time and, and maybe potentially penalties, 
I genuinely sort of don't know who I would go. I would lean towards France, but but only slightly. Um, but I do think that Morocco have got a, a chance of keeping France at bay and frustrating them. So as we've sort of mentioned, they, they're great defensively. They're a real unit defensively. And I think that's going to frustrate France. If we go back to the England game, when France scored their first goal and the time between them scoring the second goal, I don't really think they had much of a chance at all. And England really limited what France had got to do. And when you look at the defensive performances that Morocco have put together and their sort of team ethic and the way that they defend together, I don't see why they can't do that to France themselves. And um, so, yeah, I, I do think that Morocco can hold them for a long time. And I'm, I'm hoping sort of with this bet that it's 90 minutes and beyond. What I would say is that France, are, are they going to take this for granted a little bit? There was a lot of talk around sort of before Saturday's game that, you know, whoever wins England v France will win the World Cup or whoever wins England v France will will be in the final. And I'm not, I don't know if Portugal maybe took Morocco slightly for granted on Saturday. Um, so they, they deserve a, a ton of respect. And I just wonder if uh, if France would, would maybe fall into the same trap. I, I would definitely have been a question for me around England as well, if England would have fell into that trap as well. Um, ultimately, sort of, I, I am slightly leaning towards France uh, but I do think that this could go all the way. So a draw in 90 minutes at 11-4 to 4 will be where I land on this one. Now, Jamie, obviously you're backing France in this, but if you didn't want to be as bold as backing a Morocco win, you could also have Morocco to qualify or to 10-3. So in that scenario, you're getting extra time and penalties thrown into the mix. Do you think that insurance comes at a rather good price? Yeah, I, I think you can certainly see the value in that. Um, again, I maybe am someone who's underestimating Morocco here. Um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, there are a team that have to be taken seriously. And I, I think Craig's spot on in terms of maybe other teams have underestimated them, have taken them for granted. Um, but for me, again, it just comes back down to, I just think this French team are so strong. I think that the key has been that there have been weaknesses in those other teams that they have faced. Um, I said, I think they kind of expose those weaknesses but with France, I just think they are a team where I, I just think they're capable of keeping this Moroccan side out. I think they're going to really kind of struggle here to maybe get on the score sheet. Um, but um, yeah, I, I, again, it just comes down to I think this will be a hurdle too far for them. Um, and yeah, I think maybe if you do fancy Moroccan win, I can, can definitely see this as being a fairly good price. But um, I think given that I'm, I'm kind of siding with France here, um, yeah, I, I maybe would look to stay clear of this one. Now, Craig, this tournament has seen plenty of nil-nil draws. We know that, especially at half-time. So, you can get odds of 21-20 to 20 for any kind of stalemate at the interval. Does this bet appeal to you at all? Yeah, it definitely does, yeah. So, based around my, my thoughts in the game, I think if France score, then France will win this game. And I also think that Morocco won't go forward enough to score in the first half. So sort of based around the fact that I'm hoping Morocco hold them for a long time and they're not going to exert themselves in the first half uh, for, for sure. They may do a little in the second half, but not the first half. Um, it's sort of, I, I need this to be a nil-nil at half-time for my thoughts to be anywhere near right. Because I think if, if France score, then they will win. So yeah, we, as you said, we've had plenty of draws at half-time. It's been one of the features of this World Cup. And for whatever reason, teams feeling themselves out, uh, just sort of trying to settle into a game that maybe the number of games that have been played in such a short period of time, whatever it is, that this has created a lot of nil-nils and, uh, and other score draws at half-time. So, so, yeah, it's what I'm hoping for. It sort of feeds into my thoughts. So it's definitely a, a draw at half-time will be where I'm going, yeah. 
And Jamie, as for half time, you can get the nil nil draw itself at odds of eleven to eight. Would this take your fancy? Yeah, do you know what? I think this is probably a little bit too short for, for my liking. Um, I, I think it's kind of capable of, of, I think both teams are certainly capable of keeping the other out. But um, look, I think given uh, France's kind of threat in the players that they have got, I think they have got some genuinely unbelievable players who can who can change a game. And regardless of how strong Morocco have been this tournament defensively, um, I think France have enough to kind of breach them. So, yeah, I, I think there will be a French goal within maybe the 90 minutes or, or an extra time. So, uh, yeah, I probably would look to stay clear of a nil-nil just because I think France have too much uh, in attack. Now, Craig, you can get 8-13 to 13 on under 2.5 goals in this encounter when you consider that Morocco have conceded one goal in 480 minutes of tournament football. Do you think this is the direction the game is heading? Yeah, yeah, similar sort of lines of thinking about the, the sort of last two or three questions, really. And for Morocco to stand any chance in this game, it needs to be a low-scoring game. I think if you say to me now, or, or we say that there's going to be three goals in this game or four goals or, or whatever, then I think we would all say that that means it's, it's more than likely that France are going to win the game. So I'm sticking with Morocco. I, I'm, I'm hoping for the best with them. I do think they've got a chance... But the only way to have that chance is if it's a low-scoring, really tight game and they hold on to France for as long as they can. So so it's with the under that I would go with, with that and hope for another strong defensive performance. But yeah, if, if if it does get to sort of three or four goals, but maybe even more in this one, then I think that just increases the chances of France winning. Now, Jamie, in terms of a anytime goal scorer, Kylian Mbappe will look to continue his golden boot charge. You can get five to four for him to score against Morocco. Do you fancy that, or do you reckon it will be a second successive blank for the PSG forward? Yeah, we'll look at that. I think it was maybe no coincidence that he failed to score against England just because we, we had all that build up in terms of how did England stop Mbappe. And um, yeah, look, they did. They put you know plans in place to stop him. Unfortunately, it kind of allowed room for other players. We saw Griezmann and uh, Giroud combining, of course, for that goal. Many, of course, being allowed space to kind of shoot and score that fantastic goal. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think teams are kind of now putting plans in place to, to really stop Mbappe. So, yeah, that's why I, I mentioned it in the Golden Boot race. That's maybe where I would look elsewhere. And um, I think kind of you, you shouldn't be looking any further than Olivier Giroud here. Uh, he's slightly, slightly longer odds at the 15 to 8. Um, I said, I just think with with maybe teams looking to stop Mbappe, that gives other players space. Giroud is a guy, you give him any sort of space, as we saw on the weekend, unfortunately, um, and, and he will score. So Giroud probably would be my pick here. Um, another market that maybe I'd look to, to, to look towards as well is the assist market. I keep coming back to this man. I think he's an unbelievable player, Antoine Griezmann. He's two to one to assist any time. Um, and, and maybe, you know, I, I think that that might be more of a, a, an assured shout because I just think that he's been a guy who's created so many chances. I mentioned how many chances he's created, um, you know, his assists as well this tournament. So that might be a market to look towards as well. But uh, yeah, an anytime goal scorer, I'm going to go for Olivier Giroud. OK, if we're doing a podcast secret Santa, Jamie's definitely getting a France shirt with Antoine Griezmann on the back. <laughs> That's been decided. But anyway, check out freebets.com for the best insight and betting tips ahead of this World Cup week. Now, our final bit of business is usually the odds on threefold, but we don't have enough matches to do that. So we're going to do the France-Morocco correct score bet instead. Craig, you're up first. What have you got for me? Yeah, I'm going to go with a, uh, a nil-nil draw after 90 minutes, which is available at 13-2. to two. Just sort of... Feed into everything I've said, really. I, I do genuinely believe that Morocco can hold France for a long time. Whether they quite get the job done, I, I'm, I'm unsure. But I definitely think they can take this sort of beyond the 90 minutes. And 
they're a very very strong defensive group and as sort of Jamie's mentioned they are missing a couple of players but this team togetherness and the spirit that they've got and the fight to to work for each other and work hard and defend as a team I, I think could sort of offset that a bit and mean that they don't miss those players quite as much so France, you know, they're, they're a good side, but let's hope that uh, Morocco can frustrate them and, and keep them at bay. So, yeah, it's nil-nil after 90 minutes will be my pick. 13-2, to two, that's available. OK, then, Jamie, what have you got up your sleeve? Yeah, again, obviously, I've made it pretty clear. I'm going to go for a French win here. Um, I'm going to go for a 2-1 win. Uh, you get that at 9-1. to one. I think Morocco they could potentially get on the score sheet at some stage. I just made, I just think that kind of the belief they have got in this team, um, they can maybe get something from it. But look, France, they've obviously got so much quality in attack. And uh, yeah, I, I kind of fancy them to get two. So I'm going to go for a 2-1 win for France. Fantastic. I'm going to go for Morocco to beat France by a goal to nil at 16-1. to I mean, I'm probably miffed still by Saturday and this is clouded by judgment somewhat. But at those odds, why not? You know, even if you had your last pound in your betting account, those odds are just too tempting not to have a go, really. Because when you look at Morocco, they're not here by fluke. As we've mentioned, one goal conceded in 480 minutes, that being their own doing. They beat Spain. Yes, Spain were blunt, but they still withstood everything that the Spanish threw at them. Portugal... Again, Morocco went ahead and then Portugal threw the kitchen sink and more. We've stood that. So if Morocco get the first goal on Wednesday, I feel that the shutters come down and France will draw a blank. So again, it's going to be wishful thinking and it is 16-1 to 1 for a decent reason. But at the same time, I think it's really decent value. And this World Cup has created plenty of chaos and shocks already. Why not have another one on Wednesday night? And I'm all for it. So I'm backing Morocco to win 1-0 at odds of 16-1. to 1. Right, on that bombshell, that brings us to full time. So I just need to do the admin before we wrap up. With the World Cup being as fast-paced as it is, our next episode is on Thursday as we focus on the World Cup final and maybe the third, fourth place playoff for a couple of minutes, but mainly the World Cup final. And as mentioned before, if any of these bets take your fancy, make sure to visit the free bets website. And now I just need to thank my duo of top guests. Craig, thanks for joining me this afternoon. I hope you enjoyed that one. Yeah, mate, really good. Got me excited for the next two uh, two games coming up. Two intriguing semi-finals, and I've got a funny feeling that Jamie might be off to eat some snails and frogs' legs after this uh, episode. <laughs> and Jamie, on that note, thanks for your time and sharing your betting insights with me. Yeah, that, all good. Thanks, Dan. I'm, I'm, unfortunately, I don't know how I managed to get this tag of being a French fan. Well, I, I think I probably made it pretty clear in, in backing them. But yeah, do you know what? I am really excited for these two games. Obviously, I've, I've you know made my feelings pretty clear who I do think will win these two games. But uh, yeah, look, Morocco have been fantastic. So I think they're going to make a really tough game of, of it for France. Croatia and uh, Argentina, I think, is going to be a really exciting game, you know, to see Messi kind of really go for it. And I would love to see Messi kind of play in that final. I'd love to see Croatia. I've got them in one of my sweepstakes. So maybe that's kind of why a bit of a bias there. But yeah, I think that's going to be a really exciting game as well. So two exciting games to look forward to. And uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to kind of looking ahead to, to the two teams that are in the final as well. So really looking forward to it. Cheers, mate, and also to the listeners out there. And with that said, it just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy. This is the Odds On Podcast. And until next time, goodbye.